to an Uncle Steve-less Waffle Zone. I'm your host, Kirsty. Can you believe it? This is where we talk about what we've listened to and say thank you, and usually we waffle. And if you're thinking I'll probably get this job done in five minutes, then no, there will be waffling, because I have someone with me. I have the flip-flop, the thong, the horseshite guru, Matthew, in the kingdom, baby. In the kingdom, baby. Hello. Hi, Matt. Thank you? God you're here. Thank God I'm here. Now, this is definitely Waffle Light this week. The heavyweight is not here. Yeah, hopefully it'll be Waffle Light and um, we'll get this. It'll be a bit more streamlined because I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, we'll be right on track, I'm sure. It's been mentioned, as I said to you a little while ago, I had talked to someone and she had said, oh, this won't be a five-hour waffle or a five-hour call. And so far, it looks like we're on a pretty good track, to, for, at least for me to go to bed before midnight for a change, which oh, would be nice. Let's hope so for you. All right, so we'll get on with it. What did you listen to this week? Well, this is different. I'm going first. I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, so what did I listen to this week? Big week in music for me. So you know of a little band by the name of Powderfinger, an Australian band. That was actually the first band I listened to this week, and it was an album called Vulture Street, which I'm sure I've mentioned. Oh, I might not have mentioned this before, because I usually talk about Odyssey Number no. 5, but I decided I want to start out with some Australian music and kind of keep it that way, uh, because after I'd listened to that, a band that you're familiar with, the Hoota Gurus, which I believe you're going to see sometime yeah, hopefully, soon. hopefully, very soon in Fremantle. I'm very jealous of that. Uh, when I saw you post that, I was like, oh, I wish I'd get to see them again. Mm. Uh, but an album called Mars Needs Guitars, which came out in 85. And I remember that was a very big album at the time in Australia. Uh, and they were very hippie looking at the time, but, you know, Australian rock, and I was kind of into it. And it's the first time I ever heard this album in its entirety. And I really enjoyed it. There's some good singles on here, like Wipeout. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I guess if you heard Huda Gurus, you'd know that. Yeah, that's right. Um, that was and like I've been listening to their live album quite recently as well. Bite the Bullet? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, but then I was like, what will I listen to? I was in the mood for more Australian music again. And a band I'd, I'd heard of but never really listened to. I'd heard a couple of things here and there. And it's probably because I think they were just starting up as I was getting ready to, to leave Australia to move to the US. And it's Wolf Mother. And I, I guess it was their first self-titled album called Wolf Mother. And I know that they used to get 
bandied around as very Black Sabbath sounding. And as soon mm, I as thought I thought they were more Led Zeppelin y when they came out, but I, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, as soon as I heard the first few seconds of this, I was like, oh, I can totally hear what people were talking about. And if there was a Led Zeppelin reference, I, I didn't pick that up from them at all. But the Sabbath sound. Possibly his, the singer. Oh, okay. Maybe. I, I never, and because I didn't listen to very much Led Zeppelin at all, I probably wouldn't have picked up on that. But music wise, I was like, okay, I can definitely pick up either influences or, or just that similar sound. Um, but I'd had enough of that towards the end, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go back and listen to something more familiar, and went back into Cinderella and Night Songs again for about, Cinderella's about three weeks running now, so that's an old favourite from the 80s, the mid-80s, and back on the Australian music, I was like, oh, I'll go listen to some Akadaka. So I went back and listened to my newly favourited ACDC album. I'm guessing you know what that might be. Hey, was it Power Edge? It was exactly that. And this hasn't lost anything. I, and I haven't listened to it for a few months. And as soon as I heard that first song, that Rock and Roll Damnation, I was right into this again. Nothing has changed. Everything on this it's, it's still holding up. I like it as much now is when we first talked about it, when I'd first heard it, just those few months ago or whatever. So I'm still still loving that. Excellent. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, I want to listen to some more. So I went and listened to Flick of the Switch, and mainly because I wanted to hear the track Bedlam in Belgium. So I gave that a bit of a listen, and then I was like, oh, I'll start skipping around again. And another little band I like very much that The Counselor has also mentioned his liking for, The Almighty. Uh, a band that I know that you've seen, yeah. Even if you, even if you didn't remember what they were like, <laughs> that's right. Well, I saw them support Iron Maiden, so I was too excited for Iron Maiden to pay too much attention. I can see that, and it's funny because I was watching some interviews on YouTube with them just a couple of weeks ago, and I knew that they had supported uh, other bands in Australia before, because I think the Screaming Jets were doing an Australian tour, uh, obviously a long time ago. And so when Almighty were first playing and they played that Donington show and they had done like 30 shows around Australia or something, talking about playing in little, little pubs and stuff like that, like you do around Oz. And I was like, oh, that would have been so cool to see them. They had been and gone before. Uh, it was years before they knew that they'd even been out to Australia. I mean, kicking myself. I would love to have seen that. Um, but I started having, yes, some nostalgia after that. And I was thinking about when cable TV – had come to Australia, had been around a little while, and there used to be a well, a show that would, you know, put on metal video clips. And I used to get right into some of these bands I'd never heard of, and um, I'd go out and buy some of the albums. And I went back and listened to a couple of them mm, across the course of the week. And I would doubt very much either, if either you or God, hardly anyone's probably heard of these bands, but there was a band, Misery Loves Company, I'm going to guess you've never heard of them. I don't, but um, I do know that Voyager have got a song called Misery Loves Company. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. I, I hope it's better than what this album was. Because <laughs> So there's 25 years old, so it was you know, back in the 90s, mid-90s when it came out. And it's very in, I thought it was very industrial sounding. That's how I remembered it. Mm. But I thought it had vocals like 
Burton Bell from Fear Factory. And part of it is where he's not singing clean, where he's got those growly things going on. And two songs into it, I was like, ah, quite like this. I wonder why I didn't like this back in the day. And then by about the third or fourth track, you know, all the old memories were starting to seep back in. And I was like, it's probably been 20 something years since I listened to this. And I think by the time I listen to this again, maybe I'll check it out when I'm in my 60s or my 70s. Yeah. If I get that far, I was like, yeah. But it was like back in the day, you used to just buy everything because you couldn't always listen to it any other way. Yeah, it's exactly what it was. And it was a way to see new bands. I know that we had Rage, you know, the TV show, Mm. show film clips at night. But that's still going, by the way. But it's not just specialist metal. Like, they're not just doing metal. It's it's everything Mm. on that. Whereas this used to be like one hour or whatever, and I'd pick up some different bands. Actually, I think that's where I first heard of Typo Negative as well. That's probably why I bought their album back in the day. Um, But there was another one, Grip Inc., so, like, G-R-I-P, Inc., Grip Incorporated. Okay, yeah, never heard of them. No, I didn't think so. But that had a drummer that I'm sure you've heard about. And it was the drummer that was recently, I don't know if he was fired or released back in the day or he just left or what happened, Dave Lombardo. And that's kind of how they pushed this album, you know, sticker on the front, Dave Lombardo of or ex-Slayer. Or something like that, to that effect. And I kind of like this. They had a song, what was it, Power of Inner Strength? That was the name of the album. And the music was good, but it's one of these ones where it just kind of didn't meet the hype for me. And it was mainly because of the, the vocalist. I really like the music in it. But the guy singing, all I can liken it to is if you watch apocalyptic movies and they've got like all the you know, cyberpunk stuff, all these guys in the future that are running rampant as rebels or you know, living in the wasteland and they'll have this music with this punkish kind of voice, just kind of yelling. And he was a bit like that, and he kind of spoiled the music for me. Okay. And I forwarded through another couple of albums to see if maybe they progressed. So I didn't know. I think they had three albums. and uh, It didn't do anything for me. I was like, this is another one I've bought and listened to a couple of times and just put away. Okay. And- did you like the drumming, though? I did. Dave <laughs> Lombardo, for someone who doesn't like Slayer, uh, I think he's an awesome drummer. And I've heard him do stuff. I was like, oh, I can hear that that's him. Because I'm not very good with drummers. Like, sometimes I'll like a sound, but I would never know who the drummer is. Sure. But but he's one where I really enjoy him. Because do you listen to Slayer? I don't even know if you do. I like um, – they've got a couple of songs that um, – instrumentals that I like very much. Oh, okay. But album-wise? Uh, um, my husband listens to Slayer sometimes. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah. when do you do? So well, I have to then when he's <laughs> he's playing it, but it's um it's not something I would choose to listen to. Um, I would listen to them live, but I don't want to sit down and listen to a whole album if you know what I mean. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I've I think I've got one album, and that's well, I think I know I've got one album, Repentless, and that was it. But Slayer wasn't my thing. Some of the tracks, like standalone tracks, I like, but it's hard for me to go through an album. But, yeah, so he was good on that. The rest of it, the music was good, just the the vocalist kind of killed it for me. But speaking of killed, The Killers. I went and had a bit of a listen to that, old Sam's Town, because it was a a bit of a Did they ever do any other albums, Matt? The Killers, I think. Yeah, The The Killers. killers Yeah, they've done a good few albums. She was listening to the same one, though. 
Uh, I usually think of Hot Fuss, which was the first one, and it's like, oh, I might go listen to that. But when I type in Killers, the first thing that pops up is Samstown. <laughs> oh, sorry, Samstown. And I was like, oh, I, yeah. can't, I can't get past it. I love that album. I think everything on that is really, really good. And I don't listen to a lot of Killers. I haven't listened to their whole catalogue. But I used to think, oh, you won't get better than Hot Fuss. And I do quite like that. But this one, from start to finish, oh, I think it's great. And I was trying to think, yeah, because actually I was going to go listen to Maiden's Killers, and I typed in Killer, and The Killers came up instead. So that was a nice. So you didn't listen to any Iron Maiden? I didn't. I I got close, but not quite to Maiden. Um, I went on a little, a bit of a thrash, a bit of a thrash run, uh, some Annihilator. Uh, back to guys, eighty six or eighty nine, I can't remember. Uh, Alice in Hell, and because I got into them pretty early on, I don't think they've been out all that long. When I got the first album, like it wasn't brand new for me; it had been out for a little bit. But I still like the early Annihilator, not so much the later stuff. Um, and then I wanted to go into suicidal tendencies because I've been watching some interviews on YouTube as well with Mike Muir. And I come away pretty impressed. He he spoke a whole lot better than what I would have given him credit for just looking at him. <laughs> Grown man in his twenties with the bandana down over his eyes. But he was being interviewed on a whole host of different subject matters, these different things I was looking at. And he held his own really well and, and spoke very well, very educated and informed, which I didn't see coming. But yeah, how will I laugh tomorrow when I can't even smile today? And as much as I like that track, uh, one of the later tracks on the album, Sorry, was the one I really wanted to hear. But I, I really do like that album a lot. I think it's good. And I was never a big suicidal fan. Like one of my mates were, but it was never my thing until probably the last few years. I just remembering back, you know, what friends would listen to and what I would hear. And, you know, go back and visit some of that sort of stuff. Um, but you said about Maiden. So, no, I didn't listen to Maiden. But I did listen to an ex-member of Maiden. Nice. And yeah, went on to a bit of a blaze run. And I'm wondering if you've heard this yet. The Damage, Strange, Different and Live, the latest live album. Oh, I haven't. I saw that it was out. Yeah, because I talked about buying it as the pre-release. But for a start, I couldn't get access to it or it was out of stock or something on his website i can't remember and then yeah when I that's right and i couldn't afford the postage no the postage was going to be like twice two or three times what the price of the the disc was going to be and i kind of forgot mm. about it so i wouldn't have to listen to that and that's got some really good tracks on it and i was really happy to hear that commerstar amigos is on there good and he's done a really nice job of that judgment of heaven that we've talked about not all that long ago, and he had mentioned how he's happy to be playing that. And I didn't mind it. It's funny that some of the tracks, that the Maiden tracks that he's done on here, where I either I liked them or I thought they were okay, I really like the way that they've been done on either this album or on some of the other live albums that he's got because he's changed some of the things in there a little bit musically. Uh, and Lord of the Flies was one as well. I never, ever cared for the Maiden version of that, but I really do like that on this album and one of one of the non-Maiden tracks, 
pull yourself up was really good as well. So I come away thinking that was as good as that is. My only issue was the fact that it's so short. I think it's like 45 minutes or so, whereas all the other Blaze stuff you're getting is you know, between an hour and a half and two hours when it comes to, to the live stuff that he was putting out. So I don't know sure. why that maybe that was the, the pick of the best stuff. Maybe I just would have liked a, a full set or a full show. Um, but then I was like, oh, I haven't listened to a couple more things. So I went back and listened to Promise and Terror, Blood and Relief. So that was rounding out my maidenly blazer. And then lastly, just a couple of things. Uh, a German band from the very late 80s and probably early 90s, uh, Heaven's Gate. And I... I went back and had a look through what I listened to that's different. And so it's been a long time since I've listened to them. So I went back and had a listen to that because it had been like a year or so. And it was like one of these techno metal bands. I don't even know how to describe it. Like Judas Priest sounding lyrics. I say not lyrics, but vocals. And which I didn't realize because I was never listening to Judas Priest until, I mean, I'd heard a song here and there uh, until I'd been talking to Steve over the last couple of years. And oh, then that's funny. Yeah, once I went yeah, back and because you know that I, I didn't either. Uh huh. Oh, yeah, he talks about them a lot. And then we did a couple of oh, an episode mm. early on, and I was like, oh, I, now I can hear all the vocal influences because I would always hear Rob Halford, you know, he's influential on that, but I'd never heard anyone where I could really pick the voice and think, oh, he is influenced by Rob Halford. And this living in hysteria, I think, is really a case of that. And I, but I like, I like the album. And then the last thing I listened to, you've probably heard us talk about it, and Steve came out and had a listen to this recently. Oh, Machine Head. Machine Head, burn my eyes. And I'm on a big Machine Head kick lately. Okay, so my plan for the week is to listen to the new Blaze Bailey and Machine Head. Oh, you should do that. Blaze, yeah, I, I definitely I'm, pretty, will. I'm pretty certain you'll enjoy Blaze. Machine Head. Yeah, you could go. I don't know. I've heard, I've, I have heard them before, and I haven't like gone right into it. So let's see how I go. Uh huh. Well, I've I've been killing this lately. Like whenever I go out in the car, this is what's been on. I've been listening to it at the house. Uh, I know that Steve was still listening to it. Yeah, uh, it's incredible. Our friend, our friend Dino, mm-hmm. even gave it. He gave it a bit of a try. Yeah, uh, it was for him, was it? Uh, that's what he said. I forget how he put it, but basically uh, that it wasn't his thing. Because he referred to it as thrash, and, and I was thinking about it the last couple of days. I was like, I never ever thought of them as being thrash, but there are a couple of tracks that are really fast on this. Like um, Blood on Blood was one, and that's probably what made me think about it. But I just saw them as more of a a band in line with Pantera. The sort of music like i could hear similarities in their style but yeah it'd be interesting to see what you think out of those two i think blaze you'd be pretty fine with that oh yeah i already know i'm gonna like blaze Uh uh-huh machine head yeah i'll be be keen to see what you think of that yeah definitely but that was my listening for the week okay well i listened well it wasn't actually last week but the week before um i heard got me wrong by alice in chains and so I listened to the EP sap that it's on because I just wanted to hear the rest. And that brought it all back to me. Um, do you remember? You wouldn't know. Nobody ever got to hear this. Steve and I did a review of sap and 
I will say jar of flies for the Patreons, but we forgot to press record. Oh, so recording now, Matt. <laughs> oh, hang on, let me check. And because like be. doing the Alice in Chains episodes was pretty much one of my favourite things I've done on this podcast as well. Oh, okay. So thinking about that, I then listened to Jar of Flies and I then listened to Facelift, and then coincidentally, Facelift turned thirty-three last week. So everyone was talking about it. Facelift, it turned what? 33 years old. I th- I'm sorry, I thought you said 83. I was like, I misheard something. Yeah, no, it's not quite that old. I, um, I, would, I have no idea. A band that we've been talking about earlier, um, Tail Gunner. Oh, so the other week on the radio, Melissa played the song Guns for Hire. And, you know, I'd already listened to another song, Rebirth, that I told you about that sounded, mm-hmm. had the same verse melody as Starblind. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed this. So I went and listened to the whole album. Uh, I guess I had a lot of deja vu. As I say, there's a song that sounds a bit like Starblind. Oh, okay. Um, another song reminded me a bit of Man, of the, Man on the Edge. And another reminded me of the band Wolfmother, funnily enough. Oh, okay. But also it's like its own music. And I don't listen to a lot of um, new wave of traditional heavy metal because I think I've already heard all of that, but this was different enough that I really enjoyed it, and I listened to it three times. Oh, okay, so that's a good sign. Yeah, it's a good sign. And um, and I said to Chloe in the car, "What do you think of this?" And she said, "Oh, it's, I like it." And I said, "It's called Bankle Tailgun." And she said, "Oh, I thought it was Iron Maiden." So, can I insert that. a question here? Yes, you can. Okay, so it's funny that you mention traditional heavy metal like the new wave and how you've already heard it before Mm. so do you think that you're past that type of music now yeah i think it's just my age you know i would listen to all that stuff i think it's really great that people are still making it now for the young people and that they can go and see all that sort of thing live Mm -hmm. rather than seeing a bunch of old dudes up on the stage that should be past it that's well, kind I'm of what I'm I, glad it's still going, but I think just because I'm older, it's probably not for me a lot of the time. Does it feel dated? The, yeah, to it? it does. That's it. that's how I felt. Like I'd seen some posts on Twitter recently, actually probably early this week, I think it was, for you know the new wave of trad metal bands, and I went and tried each of them. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, sometimes I like the music and maybe I didn't like the guy's voice, but the mm. vocal melodies were there. It was just his voice I didn't care for. But then I started to realize, you know, the tempos and stuff like this. Like, this sounds, obviously it sounds very familiar, the style of it, but it's a style that I would have liked when it was new, you know, 30 odd years ago. And so as much as I kind of liked it a bit, it was also the same reason that it lost me because it's stuff, although it's new, I've heard all this before was my takeaway on it. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm kind of past that. Like I've been into different genres and I might appreciate it. And if a band comes through, I could probably go and watch it. But I think I just kind of moved on from that. Yeah, I definitely feel the same. But yeah, this band stuck stuck out for me. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think they're one of the better ones of the genre. So um, apart from that, I've only listened to Australian music, a little bit like yourself, listened to quite a bit of Australian music. Mm-hmm. Listen to a band called Osaka Punch that you probably don't know. I don't know. Because I, I had a them. really good time watching them when I saw them support Voyager five years ago. And I saw they were coming 
to Perth. And I just wanted to remind myself. And they're kind of like funky metal with the horns. They've got really cool vocal harmonies. Okay. Um, it's fun. I might go and see them again. Uh-huh. I saw some live music. I saw Birds of Tokyo. I saw. So where are they from? Because I've heard of them. But well, I they're don't from know. Perth. Oh, are they? Yeah. Well, oh. you know, they live over east now, I should imagine. But, yeah, they're from Perth originally. So oh, So how old are they? Um, well, how long have they been around? Well, quite a few years. They're always yeah. on the radio. Um, I, I don't know if they've made it over there, but they're very radio-friendly band. I think um, I only heard of them from, like, Twitter talk, maybe. Yeah. I've seen, seen them mentioned. But it's it's better to support local bands because then you get a chance to see them live. Exactly. So this will be like my fourth time of seeing them. And so I took my daughter, Billy, because it was um, an all-ages thing. And the reason why was it was with the West Australian Symphony Orchestra at Perth Concert Hall. And it was genuinely all ages. Like there was people there, very, very old people that oh, okay. probably like have a season ticket to the concerts. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was um, a really nice mix of, you know, the band and the symphony orchestra. Uh, a lot of the time, Ian Kenny was singing on his own, and he's just got such a great voice. And the orchestra really lifted some of the songs. So is this like a special one-off show? Um, no, they're touring around Perth. With the symphony? Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. So yeah. they'll play a different symphony orchestra. Um in other parts of Australia. Oh, okay. So, yeah, and they played my favourite song, Brace, which is a really heavy song. And I'd say that was probably the song that didn't work as well with the orchestra. But mm. I was glad to hear it. Um, they did a really moving cover of Hurt by Trent Reznor. Oh, okay. And, yeah, it was really good. Um, and the next day I listened to the album Brace, which is from 2016, and they'd already been going for quite a while when that one came out. So, um, yeah, Brace would be their heaviest album, I think. And I also listened to a bit of Carnival because they've got the same singer. Oh, so another Australian band. I was going to say Carnival. I don't know what that is. Do you don't know Carnival? Carnival. It's I don't think K- I've heard K-A-R-N-I-V-O-O-L. It's a prog Carnival. metal band. Oh, okay. But no, they're not so active anymore. I've only managed to see them the once. But, yeah, they've got the same singer. Hmm. No, I'd never heard of that. Okay. But it's, it's not unusual because the only way I'm going to hear new music over here, because I don't listen to the radio. Sure, so is if I tell you about it. <laughs> it's like word of mouth, which is kind yeah. of good because, you know, when this podcast comes out, I'll probably go and stop it and then go off and see if I can find stuff like that. Because that's what I do. If I'm going to find a new band, it's probably because of Twitter or, or maybe this. That's great if you do. Um, I also listen to Powderfinger. We got a match there. I listen to Vulture Street. Oh, that's interesting. And Odyssey Number Five. Oh, I I love that album. Yeah, me too. And some Voyager, also from Australia. Fearless in Love, still. And um, I bought a prog metal magazine because they were on the cover, and you got some postcards, and you got a little badge. And it was in the shape of a keytar. And oh, I thought, oh, that's okay. going to re- look really good with my Iron Maiden fan club guitar badge. And, I, and how old I, am I? 
Wow. Uh, you're never too old. But I think I remember seeing that you're going to see Voyager again soonish. Well, they're doing the free gig in Fremantle. They're the same bill as the Huda Gurus that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Yep. But also next February, they're doing a tour of Australia, touring the new album. So how many times would you have seen them? I've seen them seven times now. Oh, is that all? I thought it would be a whole lot more than that from the sound. Uh, well, I've probably been into them for like maybe six years. I had to miss okay. a couple of the shows. Yeah. Like if I was away or whatever, but yeah, I've seen them as many times as I could. And don't forget we did have a pandemic. That's true. So you <laughs> lose three years there. But well, just... actually it was good when they locked down WA and they were stuck in WA. We oh, that's right. Your life, yeah. life is normal behind the wall. Well, it wasn't fully normal, but if you liked a band that was from WA, you were in luck. Mm-hmm. And the other um, band I saw was, um, well, I listened to, but I have seen them, The Greats. You know The Greats? The Greats. I don't think I've heard. Well, are, they, are they Australian as well? Yeah. It's funny. Like Brisbane. Uh, um, it's funny. It's an Australian. like 19, 20, 20. Oh, okay. They used to be on Triple J all the time. When ah, I, see, I, I never listened to that. Oh, okay. Um, and I listened to their album Teeth Lost Hearts One from 2008, and they got back together 2018. We got to see the 10th anniversary of this, and um, the singer like Patience is just so bonkers. It was one of the best shows I've been to, and my so husband like had like music? ringing in his ears for a year. Sorry, is it alternative? Like alternative? Alternative, rock? yeah. It is okay. Rock being that when you said triple j if they were playing it that's probably why i didn't listen to triple j because there's a lot of alternative stuff on there well i like a lot of alternative stuff i know i've I've kind of picked that up but i thought it was funny that as an australian i've got you telling me about all these australian bands and i've never never heard of them i'll tell you what um it's like when i moved to australia somebody said to me right the radio station you need to listen to is triple j and i was Mm -hmm. like yeah this is good but um nowadays now i'm older they play a lot of rap music. I don't oh, like okay. the songs they're playing anymore. And I thought, yeah, I'm not the right demographic. You've shifted. But like there's, shifted. A, there's a triple M for people like me. I do, they just you, play what they were playing 20 years ago. It's funny you mentioned triple M. When I first moved to Melbourne, I was stoked that I found that station, triple M, because they were playing, not as an Aussie fan, but they were playing Aussie and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is cool, because I wasn't getting that on any of the stations I'd listened to in Perth, like PMFM, you know, 6PM or PMFM, whatever they became, was not like that. Um, but yeah, Triple J was never, that was never my thing. But you speaking of live bands, I messaged you during the week to ask if you knew about someone that was touring. Oh, yes. <laughs> I had I had no idea. You should say who that was. I know, I'd, I'd only heard from a friend that very same day. Oh, Okay. And, um, yes, Paul Diano is supposed to be coming to Perth in January. So that's really not I know, when my away. friend sent me, I thought, surely this is a joke. I just can't imagine him coming all the way to Australia and doing a, doing a tour. And I never thought about it till now, but knowing, or at least I think I know, one of the musicians that's touring with him either has or may have been or never has, depending on whether it who the drummer may be, could have been on Uncle Steve's show before when uh, he's touring with Paul. Okay, so you're talking about Joe? 
I'd be talking about Joe because I Joe the impression, yeah, that he's playing yeah. some shows with Paul. He has, but he's also playing like I'm following him on Instagram, and he's playing with a lot of bands. Oh, is he? Oh, he's like yeah. That. So I wouldn't say that was set in stone. Ah, uh, I just but it would be really cool if it was. It it would be. You could go to him and say because I'd say you know, you know regardless of um Paul Diano's performances these days. He's going to have a good band, and I'm going to hear some live Maiden. So. I was going to say you'll probably hear one or two songs or a whole set that you already know. Yeah, and um, yeah, if if he comes, I can't miss it. No, did you see him last time he was there? No, no, I've never seen him. Oh, I think you're lucky. I've got no chance of seeing him here. I wouldn't have thought. I think he. Well, has you say again. lucky. You say lucky. I'll um, I'll report back. Yeah, because I thought about it. I was like, oh, I wonder if I'd be able to go back there. There's like, there's no way in the world I could be back in Australia in five months. But it would have been a nice, nice thing to see. Aww. And in such a small, well, I'm guessing it's a pretty small venue. Can Ampl- we set up some crowdfunding for Matt so he can achieve his dream of seeing Portiano? Oh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Send me home so I could see what's left of my family. That'd be nice. Well, yeah, obviously there's that too. <laughs> yeah, I don't think my brother would be too impressed if I come home and said I was there to see Paul. But no, that'd be that'd be good because this will be a, a breaking news that even Uncle Steve didn't know about probably at this time. Oh, that... he knew because I told him. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. Okay. And he, he said uh, he said lucky, but it sounded a bit sarcastic. Yeah, because yeah, at the end of the day, I wonder how he'll really be. And... Yeah, unlike Steve's not even a Paul Diano fan in the first place. No, but do you are you a bit surprised that he's kind of well, one touring Australia and coming to Perth? Considering the number of bands, considering like nobody comes to Perth, exactly. Considering, um, yes, I'm very surprised. And uh, me and my friend Mark that were talking about going, um, we'll believe it when we see it. Oh, you think it might not come to fruition? Yeah, I just thought it was odd because he did it. When was it that he went with Blaze? Is that like maybe four or five years ago? Yeah, it was a good while back now. See, that would have been real cool to see that. would that, have been cool, the yeah. two of them. You know, I'll, if I could go see Paul, I'd still go and do that. But I don't know that I'd have high expectations for his show. But, uh, you know what? I did see something live. I don't know if it was from – yeah, something from Greece. And he kind of – he did okay at that show. I think that was earlier this year maybe. So you never know. I just remember uh, The Beast Arises, the album that I said I'd listened to months and months ago. I mm. listened to this part at 3.30 or the 3.45. The one that we laughed at. The, the one that we laughed at. I can't see how we would have got any better over time no. then. So, so uh, it's got to be done, doesn't it? it does. <laughs> you got to go. You, you got a chance, especially for someone you're living in Perth. Yeah. You know, you're, you're quite a ways away from the rest of the world. I know. And the rest of Australia. Well, imagine if it was Blaze Bailey coming. That would have been. That would have been. Awesome. Have been yeah. yeah. So. Maybe. He's been there. He might go back. Yeah. Did you listen to any podcasts? I did listen to a couple of podcasts. We're still waffling, aren't we? Uh, podcast, podcast. Yes, I did. I listened to. Uh, the Okay. I listened to Jim Florentine. We'll get that out of the way. I listen to him every week. We Understood. Uh, yep. Doesn't need mention else. him. Doesn't need any other little tags of any sort of description. So Jimbo's out the way. Uh, Pot of Thunder, and they had an episode with uh, 
Chris Jericho from Talk is Jericho, the wrestler. And they did a band called Anvil with the song Mad Dog. And I've talked about Anvil. You know, they're a pretty solid B-grade sort of band. But this little track, I kind of didn't mind it. And I don't mind some of their stuff that I've heard. It's, I don't know when you say, I don't even want to say guilty pleasure. You can come away liking something that you know is substandard, but for whatever reason, something resonates. And that's how I kind of find them. Uh, the vocals are pretty substandard. The music's pretty decent, but for some reason, it all just gels for me. And they, um, you know, they, they kind of, they liked it. But uh, who was I thinking of? Uh, so Sebastian Bach, there was two, he even came up with a conversation of this somehow. Jericho started talking about the little feud that him and Sebastian Bach had, and, and I forget how it all started. But it was like, what would you do if you saw him again? And he's like, oh, I'd punch him in his face or something like that. Mm. But it wasn't a bad, bad little episode. Uh, I tried to listen to something that other people have listened to and mentioned recently. I think Jesse is one. Dean was another. I think it was probably because of him. Sorry, Dean O, not Dean. Mm-hmm. A prehistoric Dean. Uh, Art Bell, and because I've heard reference to him a few times recently, and some of the material that he talks about sounded interesting so i went and listened to you know this is all stuff from back in the 90s uh on crop circles because i was interested in all that sort of thing and you would have been in the uk when the crop oh circle. yes of course and yeah I and i was like one of those people that would go and sleep in a stone circle on well not sleep but stay the night in a stone circle on um midsummer's eve and stuff i didn't know anything about that mm-hmm. how'd that work how'd that work out for you it was pretty fun. Took you to Australia in the end. <laughs> yeah, so it was interesting because I do remember all the stuff. In, they used to show it like on, you know, 6 o'clock news at night and stuff like that. This is what had, what had happened. And, you know, I probably either found out or learned things as to how it was all done since. But it was interesting when it was all so fresh, the takes on it. It was like, no, it was done in seven seconds, you know. I don't know if it's just the footage that they were using where it's cropped or edited or whatever, but as if it was all legit, you know, there's talk of aliens and all this sort of thing. But knowing what you knew, you know, 10 years later after it happened out, it was all done with you know, mm. boards and ropes and stuff like that. There's a real naivety about it at the time. And it was okay. I just couldn't listen to the whole episode. It was like, oh, okay, this is just kind of going on and on. But I might go back and listen to some of the other stories. Just because it looked like there's some interesting interesting subject matter. Okay. Well, that's uh, a, it might be one where you start quite a lot of the episodes but don't get to the end. It might be, and we'll see. I'll give it another I go. I might have a few it, of those. Oh, coming up? No, oh. no, not this week. Oh, okay. Uh, do you oh, – okay, we, we know Dino. He had a waffle last he week. He did. Uh-huh. I went and had a bit of a listen to him and his co-host – and oh yeah, I think he did a pretty good job. He's guy on the other end probably could have helped him out a bit more from time to time, but uh, it wasn't bad. I think he did a pretty good job, and I think he enjoyed himself. I think it sounded like his co-host did, but um, he was all right. He did a good job. And actually, I went away and listened to some of the music that he had suggested. Ooh. But did as with that, well. I didn't go and listen to her. He had mentioned some other bands, though. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll go listen to these. And I kind of mentioned it in the Patreon chat. 
to him. And we both found that whatever I liked, he kind of didn't. And whatever he liked, I didn't really get into that either for one reason or another. Um, but yeah, so that was interesting. Uh, after that, oh, Eddie Trunk. Do you ever listen to his stuff? Oh, yes, sometimes. Did you listen to the latest one, The Great War? I think it's the latest. I Great haven't War. listened to him for quite a while, actually. Okay, don't listen to this one. The okay, Great Wall thanks. of The Great Wall of Nirvana. I've done you a favor, and I've listened to most of it, so you don't have to. Okay. It's like I'm doing for you what the R4 podcast does for me. Yes. They, they <laughs> review albums so that I don't have to listen to them, and I appreciate that. So the premise, because I saw Nirvana, and I was like, ah, oh, I don't care about them. I never did. I can't think of two songs that I would like. Okay, well, I do like Nirvana. Oh, you do? Yes. Well, this is centered around Nirvana without being about their music per se. So what it was, Nirvana changed the music scene is what they were saying. And all these other bands at the time that were releasing albums were basically left in the dust, regardless of the quality of the artist's album. And they had a couple of guys from a band called Trickster. So are you familiar with them? Not really, no. So I think, and I could be wrong, but I think they're a Canadian band that came out maybe in the late 80s because I heard Chris Jericho talk about them well, quite a few times. And they had had I don't know, one or two, maybe one album and then their second album came out just after Nirvana had kind of blown up. And it's like, well, it doesn't matter because everything is Nirvana now. And they talked about how, I don't know if it was them or another band, where they couldn't get any airplay anymore. So where they would have, they would go to certain radio stations and their band would have, you know, their posters up on, on the wall. And then the next week after Nirvana's blown up huge, you know, they're gone. Now it's Nirvana. Mm. And they couldn't get the airplay and all this sort of stuff. But I, and they were talking about this band and this album, you know, had this problem because of Nirvana. And it was kind of rinse, wash, repeat, but with different bands and different albums. And I got oh, half okay. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And part of it was because it's, you know, it's all hair bands for the majority of it that just meant nothing to me because I wasn't really into that kind of thing. You know, Cinderella aside, they fall under that. But for the rest of that scene, it wasn't really my thing growing up. So I did that so you don't have to. I don't know if you'd really get off on that kind of episode or not. It doesn't really sound that exciting. It really wasn't. Do you know, it's not. Was actually Nirvana's fault, was it? I mean, no bands put out what bands put out, and then labels push what, or yeah. the industry pushes what it wants to push. Uh, and you know, did I care that all the hair bands kind of fell apart? Not really. No, it's about time. I don't even know if, if it was they about were really time. no, but if they were really good, they would have kept going. Because if I think back to hair bands now, so I remember Britney Fox. Uh, they might have had, I think, a song called Girls School, which I kind of didn't mind that, but the rest of their stuff I didn't care about. The Skid Row, I mean, maybe they were considered a hair band. I never really thought of them like that. And they still, I mean, they seemed to go on okay. They did fall apart later on, album-wise. Uh, well, they, the were hits, like, they were still going. They're still going now. When I saw yeah. them. They went suffering oh, then. Oh, that's right. So would that have been Subhuman Race that they had out then? Yeah. See, and I like that album a lot. I, I don't know what came after that. I don't know if I didn't 
get into them after that. But I never considered them as being part of the fall of, of the hair bands in that scene. But yeah, the majority of it, my friends were into it, but I just wasn't. Was, I listened to stuff like Danzig and Maiden still. Um, probably some of the thrash bands. So, yeah, it didn't bother me. Um, but one of Lord Andrew's podcasts, this is what he put me onto a long time ago now, The Rest is History. And they had an episode on the Taj Mahal. And I was always a fan of the Taj Mahal. I think it's a beautiful building. And I, from, I listened to this because I like the building itself. But about six or seven years ago, I was in India for work and flew up to New Delhi to go and see it. And it's a stunning building to see. I don't know. Have you ever been to India? I have not. You haven't? It's... My mother-in-law's about to go. Oh, is she? Is yeah. she going to go see Taj Mahal? I would imagine so. I would hope so. Yeah. yeah it is, it's a stunningly beautiful building. And the story that they that they um, put through the episode, now I probably knew most of it, but it's a very interesting episode. But I remember when I was there, walking around, touching the building, and I was like, Oh, I'm touching the Taj Mahal, I'm touching the Taj Mahal. I was saying that to myself out loud, mm. <laughs> and I loved it. Uh, but then the last thing I listened to for the week was music from a lifetime, and I don't know if this was the reason I went and listened to the album, or if I listened to the album and then just happened to find that this week's episode was on ACDC's Flick of the Switch, being that it was the 40th anniversary of it this year. And I like when he goes back, this is an anniversary episode, so he goes back and tells about the recording and the stories behind uh, the making of the album, you know, if there were singles, he'll talk about it. And he'll generally play two or three songs from that album as well. And so one of the ones he happened to play, uh, he played Brain Shake and Bethlehem in Belgium, which is one of my favourite ACDC tracks, but my favourite off this album. But he does a good job. He's an Australian guy. I think he's in New South Wales, like in Sydney somewhere. I heard you talking about him, and I've subscribed to the podcast, but not listened to any episodes so far. Ah, uh, okay. No, but he does a good job. Like, I'm ready. I've reminded myself. Mm-hmm. And he, so he covers plenty of different things, and it's not all favourable, which is good. Like, I like when you get a, a legit review of something that you may have liked back in the day, but now, looking back, it doesn't hold up so well. And he'll come out and say that, you know, also. Uh, but in this case, he considered this to be a, an underrated album, and which I know that Steve's liked it. I've liked this as well. I don't think it's their strongest, but I thought it was pretty good. Mm. But that was my music podcasts or podcasts for the week. Okay. Well, I didn't listen to many either. I listened to your Waffle Zone with Dino, and, and that seems to have been a really big hit, so... We'll probably get into that some more in a minute. Oh. Um, but, yeah, it was it's good to get different people coming in and hear what they've been listening to because a lot of it was very far removed from what we usually discuss here, wasn't it? Definitely. And, the, Bal- um, the Baltimore band was one I went and listened to, but that was the thing I couldn't get into. Nice to hear about Casey and a Sunshine Band. I used to really like Give It Up back mm-hmm. in the day. Yeah, so that was all very interesting. And, yeah, it would be good to... Hear him come on again. What is that? Put it. <laughs> well, will. next time Steve goes on holiday. <laughs> he knows. We had a little chat about all the stick that we give him. And mm. he knows. You know, everything's taken in good jest. 
and I, I don't know if we mentioned that during the episode, but I did talk to him about that as well. That um, we agree to disagree on certain things, but we like the way that we can interact in the banter that we have. That it's yeah, not... I like to think that's pretty clear. Yeah. And you I also listen to – sorry? You could, worse. you could do worse than Dino. Yeah, I don't know if, don't know if it'd be much would. worse. You might be doing you. worse than Dino right now. Uh, listen to and volume for all. Ooh. Have you ever listened to that? I haven't, but I keep seeing all the hype about oh, this. It, it's a guy it... called Quinn. Um, well, he did a long a thing a time ago that was about the history of heavy metal, and it was a really good series. And this one, he did a, like a three-parter and a three quite small podcasts. Uh-huh. He discussed the history of heavy metal vocals. Oh, okay. And by that, he means gruff vocals, not Bruce Dickinson. Oh, okay. And he yep. talked well, about like how old that's been going on, you know, back from Tibetan throat singing, even the Beatles and Elton John using the raspberry voices when they're singing rock numbers. Yeah. Louis Armstrong, who basically had no choice because he had some mm-hmm. condition. Um, they he just encouraged people to think of it as another instrument. Well, that's funny because that's what I would say. Like yeah. think of it as a texture, not you a. You don't need to know what they're singing. <laughs> no, uh, like no. you know, you can look in the you can look in the lyric sheet. Um, well, you know, I think it, I was going to say it's funny that you don't need to know the lyrics. So mm. this this pop songs and stuff like that, where I can't understand some of the stuff that they say in that. So it's not genre specific. Yeah, it's something it like be, the growl can convey that emotions. Exactly. Um, I think with Voyager, are really poppy and accessible, but every now and then they do a. One growly line here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like bands where there is a mixture. I don't listen to a lot of that sort of thing. Uh, some Opeth and like Paradise Lost does it a bit as well, but um, yeah. I don't like a whole album of just that. Did you listen to that band Bellacore? Yes, I, I did. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, see, that, I mean, the music's one thing, but that's a, that's a real case of – it's a texture thing. Like I, I can understand the lyrics, but I mm. get why other people couldn't and why they wouldn't like it. But I, I try to say don't – actually, I talked to Dean about it. I was like, don't think about it as a vocal style. Think about it as a texture of fabric within the song. Yeah, like another instrument. So that's a real good – But, you know, like with um, any singing, there's lots and lots of different styles of gruff vocals, and sometimes mm-hmm. it will work for you, and sometimes it just sounds like just someone just screaming as loud as they can over and over, and that I might not be for you. No, I think there's a real talent to that. I mean, I, I get that Definitely. it's just screaming. But I've heard plenty of bands where the music's good, but the vocals are kind of that generic thing that puts me off. But then other times as a band, I think Bellacore is a great band to showcase that, where that is a real texture and it just accents the song really nicely. But, yeah, I like that kind of thing. Yeah, so that was, that was really interesting, and um, hopefully it will give other people, you know, Maybe they'll give that a try. Well, I might if they go don't like it, they don't like it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I used to see them. They kept coming up in the Twitter feed, you know, someone yeah. commented. But I just never – maybe because they were new and I was listening to a lot of other things and just – Yeah, it's just the one guy. Um, he's called Quinn, although he does do voices. Oh, does he? He does them very well, yeah. Oh, like character so, voices? Is that yeah, what he's, he's got a style all of his own, I'll say that. Oh, okay. Which okay. I find entertaining. And is that the latest episode that was out? Um, yes, the latest thing he's done is the heavy metal vocals. If you start oh, no. at the beginning, 
the, he did the whole history of heavy metal and that was really good. Um, he did Black Sabbath as well, which I didn't listen to. Yeah. I might give that a try then because that does sound interesting. Yeah. And that was all my podcasts. I didn't really listen to much last week in the way of podcasts. Short and sweet. Yeah. So now I'm going to do the retweets. Is this the audience participation? It is. <laughs> we haven't heard that Thank phrase. Thank you very much. We don't say that anymore, do we, Wayne? No, I'm just showing that I do pay attention. I've been <laughs> accused of just sitting here and interjecting things from time to time. and um, But no, I listen. I listen and learn sometimes. Okay. So, retweets and quick quotes. And the retweets for last week's What If episode were from Willie Valiverta from Finland. Willie! David Laird, the Scouser from Liverpool. <laughs> Johnny B, 1966, from St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada. Gen Maritani, happiest man in podcast land, from Chiba, Japan. His Royal Dudeness, Dave, from New York. Ron Kramer, he's from Washington, isn't he? It didn't say on his Twitter. He is. I'm pretty he sure is. he is. Mm-hmm. Randy, from Cincinnati. Jesse, the Riffweiser, from Illinois. And Rockerola, from Desert Plains. And the quote tweets for the What If episode are as follows. Jesse said, lots of cool what ifs, especially the Nico stuff. What if in 2000, Bruce returned, but Blaze stayed as well? Kind of like when Adrian came back and they kept Yannick. Hashtag up the irons. You know, I can't see that happening, can you? Well, I was just trying to think back to when we did that, because I, I didn't listen to it during the week. I just didn't have no. time. And I was trying to, I was just thinking now, did we do this before or after Nico had announced the stroke? Yes, after. Was it, it was after? Yeah. Because oh, we talked about Joe coming in. That's right. Okay, yeah, I remember now. But, yeah, if Bruce Bruce and Blaze in the band at the same time? Uh, I don't think that they could do that. I mean, other bands have. Halloween's a good example. That that worked really well, mm. but I don't see. I maybe can't imagine it at all. That. But nice question. Mm-hmm. And if anyone has any questions for a future what if episode, please send them in to me or Uncle Steve. Rockerola yeah. said, "How Twitter DMs?" There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rockerola said, "What if? What if you don't listen? You'd have." Mm. Foblo or FOMO or FOFLO or whatever the hell it's called or FOTD. Just listen. What, if you, never, what if you never listen? That's like, you know, if the tree <laughs> fell down in the middle of the forest. Did anyone hear it? Or Probably um, find something more useful to do with your time, wouldn't you? So you mean and rock and roll the, the fourth just hell for Steve, FOMO is fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. Does he know just what down. FOTD is? <laughs> fear of the dark. I've go. got to do my translating, even though I'm wearing a sort of host hat. Mm-hmm. Willie said, what if you gave a listen to Uncle Steve and friends taking a dive into a parallel maiden verse? Great episode with some cool, thought-provoking what-ifs. Very enjoyable. Thank you, Willie. Again, said... Another fun what-if episode. It's always fun to speculate and imagine... What history would change? 
I would like to share my thoughts on one of the what ifs. Spoiler alert, don't read the rest of this thread if you haven't listened to the episode. And oh my goodness, Ken, you've given me a lot to read out here. Oh, hang on, I haven't listened to the episode. Can I hear still? Uh, you can because you were on it. And um, oh, okay. if you recall, Steve asked, what if Adrian Smith joined Def Leppard in 1991? Oh, that was interesting. Well, Gen has thoughts. He says, very interesting. If I remember correctly, Def Leppard had already recorded the entire Adrenalized before they started auditioning the replacement of Steve Clark. So Adrian wouldn't contribute anything for Adrenalize. Oh, I didn't know that. He knows that. a lot he, more about Def Leppard than we do. So he would have just been like a, a stand-in. Yeah, or maybe just been, even... uh, oh, okay. playing it live or whatever. And then Gen goes on to say, I think it would have been a good match if Adrian joined the band. If you listen to what he did in the entire population of Hackney and ASAP, it's not surprising that the guys of Def Leppard asked him to be auditioned. For me personally, it's more surprising that Vivian got the gig at that time because his guitar working dear was more straightforward metal and mm-hmm. very different from Def Leppard's music. I think it's a more so, natural choice for them to have Adrian join the band than Vivian. So he brings up an interesting thing. Well, something I'm not sure mm. of. So the entire population of Hackney. Now, I was under the assumption that that was just a band that played like, a couple of pub shows. Really. Yeah, yeah, you'd be correct. And they played some of the ASAP songs. Yeah. And some and of the mate songs. Yeah, and then just a couple of extra covers. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because as far as I knew, they didn't record anything at all. But I don't know. Well, yeah, maybe Gens referring to like that style and his guitar work. Oh, uh, yeah, I can although, see. Although, you know, he was also playing on Seventh Son and his guitar work was very different from that. But that's interesting that I didn't realise that it was already done. All those songs were were made for him to become in mm. to come into that band as well. It's, it's like a bit player. They'll just come in and you'll play live. But he's got no creative input. It's already done. Yeah. It's interesting that he would probably go into that knowing that when's he going to write it or be a part of writing an album? It could be a couple of years down the track. Well, I'll tell you because Gen carries on. Oh, sorry. If Adrian joined the band, his first record would have been Slang. Mm. And that was a departure from their Pyromania Hysteria sound. Mm-hmm. I think Slang would have been a lot heavier if Adrian had joined the band since he went in a very heavy direction with Psycho Motel. And as Uncle Steve pointed out, the band might have been more guitar oriented. But I don't think their relationship would have lasted for a long time. I don't Def think Leopard so. went back to their hysteria sound with Euphoria in 1999 and departed again with X in 2002, while Adrian kept going in a heavy direction throughout the 90s and a progressive direction since 2004. I could see Adrian being part of Euphoria since that album was more of an expected sound of Def Leppard, but I cannot imagine him playing something like X. It was more generic pop rock rather than the classic Def Leppard sound of, or heavy metal. Anyways, even though I don't think their relationship would have lasted for a long time, I'd really love to hear Adrian playing in slang. Another aspect of this what if is, of course, Iron Maiden. If Adrian had been in Def Leppard in 1999, I don't think Rod Smallwood would have asked him to rejoin the band, even if he had asked Bruce to come back as the history went. That means we wouldn't have The Wicker Man, the opening track of the new era. 
And musically, I think the band had gone to more progressive direction anyways, but I think the albums would have been very different from what we know now. Do not think a matter of life and death would have existed if Adrian hadn't returned to the band. He contributed five songs for the album. And I don't think Steve went to that musical direction if there hadn't been Passchendaele and Dance of Death. I think that song was one of the determining factor of the musical direction of A Matter of Life and Death. Iron Maiden is always Iron Maiden, but the reunion era, which happens to be my favourite Maiden era, would look very different because he'd not only written many singles in the era, but also contributed many epic songs. Anyways, it was really fun to speculate and made me appreciate the presence of Adrian Smith. Thank you again. That was um, very informative. Epic. Uh That's interesting that he says his favorite era is the modern era. Because it's, I don't know. Yeah, not many people often. say that. But so what do you think you would be? Would you consider well, yourself, is, uh, you know. you know, Which is my favourite era. Yeah. Uh, you can't say all, you got to pick. No, no, I'd, I'd pick, I would pick the 80s. Oh, you would? Yeah. Ah, okay, see, I would go modern. I mean, I was around from, you know, a chunk of that. But I would probably listen to more New Maiden. I do Not, listen to more New Maiden now because, like, I know the 80s without even having to put it on. I know it like the back of my hand, so it's good to get the new stuff. And you also had that But if time I had away. to pick one that was my favourite, I'd probably go 80s. Oh, but okay. it's, it's, it's tight. Clearly, night is his bottom. Do you think that's because you had time away, that that's the case? Uh, no, not, not really. No. How do you oh, think? Okay. I'll tell you, I, I listen to Killers more than anything. That, to me, Killers is an easy, fun listen. That's almost yeah, exactly. The, um, but and I, the reason I don't listen to a lot of the other '80s albums all the time is just because I've listened to them so much. So but I much. still think I still probably prefer that era, even though I listen to the modern era more. I, I think lately, for the 80s albums, Killed is probably the one that I've gravitated towards more. But mm. it, was nev- it was never that way for me growing up. It's probably only been the last No, it wasn't. Years. It's like, it's been Killers for me for the last few years. Uh-huh. It's just, it's an easy and fun listen. You know, it's kind of shortish, but then that'll get people onto the, well, the songs now are too long. But mm. overall, I do prefer. Well, some of them are too long. What can you do? Well, I can't do anything other than listen to, to most, exactly. of the, most of the new stuff. You get what you get and you don't get upset. And I think we're pretty lucky. Most of it's excellent. Yes, I'll agree. I'll agree most of it's excellent. Though. <laughs> most. All right. So we're down to the retweets for the Waffle Zone now. And that was so a bit of wasn't it? How many did Dean send in? <laughs> saying Uncle Steve wants, needs him back. I don't think Dean sent many in. Oh, okay. I might have missed some. If I've missed any, I'm very sorry. I know that Steve is very grateful to everyone who shares, and I'm doing my best. Okay, so the retweets for the Waffle Zone are as follows. Willie Valverta, David Laird, Lewis Mariano, the author. Again, again, it's mostly the same people. Rockerola. His Royal Deanus Dave, Ron Kramer, and Uncle Steve. Oh. And the Queet Twotes. 
Simos from Paris says, when a waffle zone starts with the famous song, and he means running free, you know that something good will happen. Very nice episode and an interesting conversation. When the waffle zone starts running free, that usually means I'm not on it, isn't it, Matt? Does that mean he enjoys when you're not here? That's a bit of a backhanded compliment. I'm sure he doesn't mean that. Let's hope not. <laughs> I don't think that would be popular right. opinion. Okay, again, again, luckily he didn't say anything quite as long this time. Oh, again, must have had the day off work. I reckon. Again said, another episode of Uncle Dino's Quest for Fire Zone. This time he has a co-host. Is this a new power duo? <laughs> Will it be a new power trio next time? It was so much fun listening to you guys waffling. I demand another episode sometimes. Oh, the people have spoken. Mm-hmm. The Weekend Warrior, Lord Andrew Whitnell of Sussex, said, What on earth was Uncle Steve thinking? The indomitable Dean King takes the helm of the Waffle Zone once again. This time, Matt has taken the King's shilling and been pressed into service alongside the Diosaur. Will this ship of fools be sinking? Only time would tell. Uh, Uncle Steve... He wants to be, you know, this is trades descriptions. He said, you're going to want to listen to this ASAP. It's silver and gold all in one, which would have made me listen to it, thinking it was going to be, then it was nothing about Adrian Smith. No. Dean King reposted that and said, Dio and all love, this must mean that man of impeccable taste and reason is back on the waffle. (laughs) And Willie said, Jurassic Waffle, prehistorical return. I knew exactly what was going on as soon as the intro kicked in. Had me smiling. Rocker said, Dino is a badass. Casey and Casey and RJD and Getty and Booty. Linda and Anne and Stevie. Whoopee. Just kind of sums it all up, doesn't it? Words from the Hellrider, the fourth Hellrider, yep. Wise words indeed. Eric Gold from Charleston said, maybe it's because I'm pushing 30. No, it's not even 30. Oh, I was just thinking, I, I remember <laughs> 30. It's been a day or two. Maybe because pu- I'm pushing 30, but for Dino to say that he doesn't see talented modern artists, it's utterly asinine. Someone break him out of Jurassic Park. <laughs> I respect Rush for their musical ability and rock royalty, but I'd rather run a 10K than go to one of their shows. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Physical punishment versus, yeah, listen to some music. I mean, I I think there's a lot of really great modern artists, but Dino likes what he likes. And he likes a wide variety of music um, before whatever date his cutoff was. Uh, 1999. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'll give him credit because... On that episode last week, or was it last week? Yeah. You know, I mentioned some things, and in the Patreon chat, he came back and said, yeah, he had tried listening to some of these things. So true to form, he said he'd go away and try and give it a listen, and I didn't really expect him to, but he did. He gave it a go. Now, deep down, did I think he was really going to like it? I didn't expect it. But, you know, he gave it a run. What else do you do? I admire that. Yeah, definitely. At least he gave it a try, and he know. had reasons why he didn't like things. 
So mm-hmm. you can't argue with that. Uh, yeah, we talked about a little bit of Kill Switch Engage when they did the Dio cover of Holy Diver. Mm-hmm. And I forget how he put it, but what he didn't like is exactly why I said it was badass. I thought it was awesome for all those reasons. I think he said it because it was over the top. There was screaming. I was like, yeah, that's everything that's so great about it. Oh, well. But he didn't say it that way. Well, that is all the tweet quotes and the retweets and everything. So I think we're pretty much done, aren't we? I think we are. This is um, very waffle light, but I think you did a very good job. I appreciate the fact that I got to be your co-host. Well, thank you for doing it. I thought we were going to be like equal co-hosts, but I guess one of us has got to be that, Uncle Steve. One of us has got to, You can only have <laughs> one chief, only one person steering the ship. All right. Well, with all that said, I guess it's time to say goodbye and thank you for doing this with me. And come back, Uncle Steve. You're Cheers. See you, Steve. Bye. Yeah.